It's time to get on on the town with Shoop Shepherd and Johnny Boisher, bringing you a fresh take on all the beats and eats in and around the Seattle area. It's a thriving nightlife out there, and Johnny Boisher and Shoop Shepherd will help you find out where to go in this happening city. And now, here are your hosts, Johnny Boisher and Shoop Shepherd. Good afternoon, everybody. Pleasure to be here. Gorgeous day here in Paradise, also known as Seattle. How are you, Johnny? I'm very good. Thank you, Shoop. You look great. Thank you. No, you really do. You look, uh, I don't know, you did something. I did, yeah. yes. Did you shave? I did not shave. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's it. That was a choice. I, You know, I wanted that, uh, you know, rough and tumble look. I was walking down the street the other day, and I saw Seattle's finest on motorcycles, three of them. And what attracted my attention was the motorcycles they were driving. I believe they were driving zero SRs. What is a zero SR? I thought all cops drove Harleys. I did too, but not these three. They were brand new on their little motorcycles. Really? Driving around. This is an electric motorcycle. No kidding. They retail for like $17,345, but they're fast. They're zippy. And a lot of law enforcement are starting to use them now because... No gas. Yeah. Clean, very fast, cool. and efficient. Are they good looking? But I'm just taking a shot here. Now, if, I, if I'm incorrect and there's a law enforcement motorcycle rider that knows the truth behind these new motorcycles and they aren't a zero SR... They have to call us. They can call us. 888-298-KKNW. If you have a question or want to talk about anything we're talking about today, call 888-298-KKNW. But nonetheless, I'm taking a shot. I think they were the Zero SR. I think I saw an ad for those a while ago. It's a heck of a motorcycle. They're cool. Are they quiet? Are they? Yeah, like- that's why I was like, wow, they don't have a Harley sound. Well, oh, they're not Harleys. Jeez. What'd you do this week? Um, well, I went to Uwajamaya. Uwajamaya. Uwajamaya Asian Market, which is to me. Say it again. Uwajamaya. Very good. That's a good one. <laughs> it's a great place. I mean, that is, I think it's the best Asian market I've ever been in. Really? They got some really incredible food to go stuff there. It's ginormous. Yeah, and they have a great fish selection. But uh, some of the fish there, you know, like they had chili and sea bass. That's an endangered fish. So, yeah, it's oh, it a is? little conscientious sometimes when I have to shop at these places. Yeah. But I also went next door to the Boiling Point for the first time. What is that? That is a uh, you know hot pot restaurant where they oh, cook yeah, it yeah, right yeah. in front of you in the hot pot. Oh, I know exactly what place. And uh, yeah. nine ninety five had the most incredible hot pot with uh, tripe and and pork yeah. and and vegetables. And... Do you eat tripe? Yeah, I love. I eat anything. Really? Tripes, intestines. I love it all. Tripes, one of those things I can't eat. If it's cooked right, it's okay. I don't want to eat guts. You know, you're in a good Asian restaurant when ninety percent of the clientele is Asian. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, they're all, it's all, it's a very Asian clientele at the boiling pot. And uh, really a great, reasonable, very affordable, delicious. Is that the one that's on the second floor? No, it's right next door on the uh, ground floor. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And um, I enjoyed myself tremendously. Uh, Wonderful little hot pot. I highly recommend it. Uh, out of my four-plate rating, I give it three plates. Nice. Very casual inside, you know, uh, oh, rough, that's you, little yeah. rough, you know. And if it's casual, you always take it's a plate away. It's very casual. But you always take a plate away when it's casual. Why do you do that? Well, it's, it's, it's a three-plate. It's very good. I mean, okay. it's a good rating. All right. How about yourself? What'd you do? I went to a place called Oliver's. You ever hear that? Do you know, have you ever, do you know where Oliver's is? In the Mayflower Hotel? 
You, you know where the you don't no. know where the, you never heard of that? It's like one of the oldest places in uh, in Seattle. Oh. It's right on the corner of Fourth and Stewart, and uh, it has maybe one of the best happy hours I've ever been to. What do they have? Well, they have like a buffet where you can go and just like get any food you want. What kind of food? Well, they had uh, fried shrimp, and uh, you know a couple of other things, and then great beer. Uh, great view, like you sit there and look right out on Fourth Avenue. It's really old, old, um, old bar. Um, great people, great service, and uh, you should go there. I will. I'll yeah. put it on my list of things to do. Oliver's. It's in the Mayflower Hotel, and the Mayflower Hotel also has the Andaluca, which is the restaurant uh, in the hotel. I've never eaten at Andaluca. That's where I'm going to next. And so. I saw that uh, funky little barbecue place, the the drunk barbecue, oh, in uh, Fremont. Yeah, we, we we need to try that as well. So why is it that called was, the drunk? I, barbecue? I don't know. I just I drove by it. I I smelled and saw the barbecue smoke, and it's kind of a funky outside place. You and, said it's right like across the street from Hales. No, it's on the same side. Oh, okay. Before it. All right. So I'm I'm zeroing in on on that place for us to uh, do an inside the kitchen. I like segment. the name. Yeah. Drunk barbecue. I thought it was interesting. It's good. It suits us. Very good. <laughs> well, uh, we also, uh, yesterday, uh, went for the first time for me, the Pine Box. Yes. I've and, been, that was the, your first time there. It's a great place. And um, we, have, uh, we actually have Ian Roberts on the line to talk about it because they have an anniversary coming up. Third anniversary. Ian, how are you? Welcome to Out on the Town. Good. How are you guys doing? Very good, thanks. Well, um, so we went there uh, last night, and we tasted your anniversary beer. You got to tell us what that is exactly again. So every year for our anniversary, we celebrate with a beer brewed by friends of ours at the brewery. This year it was our friends at Holy Mountain Brewing, who, who just opened up this year and are doing some really cool stuff. Yeah, they are. We brewed a uh, Belgian pale ale to be aged in white wine barrels with Britannomyces, and then dry hopped for the draft version, and we... The bottle condition with more bread for the bottle. You can make a nice kind of sour, kind of funky beer. You know what I love about that beer? I mean, you know, you say it's sour. It's not, but it's not so sour because I'm not a big fan of sour beers. That just had such a perfect balance. It's great beer. And you made you made that recipe yourself, yeah? Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, a, a full-fledged brewer. You know, we, we collaborate with brewers that we like and we trust, and, and they know better than we do what to do. So yeah. let them do it. All right, all right. How'd you get a hold of the wine barrels, though? Uh, the guys from Holy Mountains did. They had a good hookup from them. Uh, there's some winery in a Northern California, Ferrano Vineyards, that has some uh, used white wine barrels that we were able to purchase and ship up. Some of the oldest Zinfandel vineyards in America there. I did not know that. Yes. And uh, huh. they're growing. Yeah, it's a very cool place. Tell Down us about the anniversary. It, we, we had so much fun there. Tell us about the anniversary. Uh, well, right now we just have a bunch of special beers that we dragged out of our cooler. Uh, we have all the previous anniversary beers that we've brewed before. The first year was with Fremont Brewing, and we actually have three different vintages of that beer on. The one they brewed when we first had anniversary, they rebrewed it the next year, and then they just released it again. And then we also have a bourbon barrel version of that beer, and we have two different beers that we brewed with a 10-barrel last year. The original second nail is gone, and then another one that they aged in a pinot barrel for a full year with bread. I love the name of the anniversary beer. So it was the first, what the the first, first nail, first na- nail, and third nail in the coffin. Third, na- yeah, which which does refer a bit to uh, Bruce Lee's 
Well, it refers to what the... Not necessarily the hand. No, it, you know, the fact well, that we're Bruce, in a mortuary. Bruce Lee uh, was in that mortuary. The casket was taken from there. Yep. And you have a, you showed me a photo of uh, Steve McQueen carrying it out. It's a very solemn photo, but it's kind of... I mean, I, I've heard about that, you know, and to be in the building where that took place, which is now a bar and restaurant, I mean, I just... It's just... It's incredible. It's, it's an it's, awesome bar. It's a very historical place. Yeah. When does the party start? Uh, it's already started. We're mid-stream. Uh, we open the doors at 11 a.m., and we're going we're gonna to be partying all night until 2 a.m. Party, partying all night. We, we have to go there right after the show. We'll be here. <laughs> um, very cool. What, uh, is there anything else we need to know about uh, getting in there, or is it just open to the public? Open to the public. Uh, we're doing a special tapping of the bourbon barrel first nail at 8 p.m. It's not going to last very long. I'm guessing we'll open up the tap and pour it as fast as it comes out. Right. So, so if you want to be there for that, make sure you're sitting at the bar at 8 p.m. So the Pine Box is on Pine and Melrose. That's uh, correct. 1,600 Melrose. 1,600 Melrose. And the anniversary is tonight. And Ian, you're going to be there, right? I'll, I'll be here, yeah. You're going to be there all night. We have any I'm live, gonna, live I'm music? I'm going to try to stay as long as I can. Uh, stay, well, that's what everyone does at a bar, right? <laughs> you have any uh, live music going on in, at the... Uh... No, no live music tonight. Okay. Just, uh, just good times. All right, Ian. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Ian thanks Ro- for having me. Ian Roberts, uh, one of the owners of uh, the Pine Box on Capitol Hill. Yes, and also one of the uh, triumvirate that does Seattle Beer Week. With uh, He was on with us last week, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you again on the show, and uh, we're going to come down there and happy anniversary. All right, great. The Pine, the Pine Box is my first time there, and I was very, it's, it's such, it's really, a, I mean, it was a mortuary, now it's a bar and restaurant. It's so cool. A lot of ghosts there. Yeah. And the way they have the beers lined up on the screens, so that you can just, uh, so it's like a constantly rotating thing. I think they were one of the first places to do that. A few it, other bars oh, yeah, are doing yeah, it yeah, now. Did, you were, yeah. yeah. And he's big into beer. I mean, there's a heck of a, cult. how many on taps are there? Oh, you know? geez. Oh, we should have asked him. Uh, it's, um, 50. There's 50. Yeah, we'll just say that. <laughs> we'll just say 50. It seems like there were 25 on each side. Yeah, because there's really? two screens. Oh, this is a shot in the dark. Might be. Yeah, <laughs> maybe more. Yeah, maybe more. And the food looked pretty good, too. Oh, the food is great there. Food is great there. It's a great place to hang out. So y'all, y'all, y'all have to go there. And uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't been there, go tonight for the anniversary at the Pine Box. Celebrate the third nail in the coffin. <laughs> Speaking of restaurants, uh, last week I played uh, a portion of an interview I did with uh, Brian Durbin of the Black, uh, Black Bottle in uh, Belltown. He has two locations, Bellevue and Belltown. Um, we talked about the smoked duck and the shishito mus- uh, peppers and the blasted broccoli. But in the, uh, when I first got, walked through the door, me and Brian sat down and talked about his restaurant, how he got into this type of uh, cuisine and the restaurant itself, which is is a very unique style, I found. And uh, we sat down one-on-one, and uh, I wanted to share that interview as well uh, today on Out on the Town. Let's go inside the kitchen now and talk cooking with Shoop and his guest chef. I'm here at the Black Bottle with Brian Durbin, and he is the chef owner not only of the Black Bottle, but one of our favorite Little hangouts, the innkeeper right next door, and you have a third restaurant as well. Yeah, another black bottle in uh, Bellevue. Black and bottle postern. So, so, I mean, 
cuisine is uh, obviously uh, something you know you really think a lot about with your menus because the black bottle, even though it, on the outside appearance it doesn't look like a, a you know extravagant type you know place where you're going to get a lot of you know interesting food, but when you get here, you know you don't never know what you're going to be on that menu. It's it's pretty eclectic. Yeah, we wanted to make uh, come up with an, a menu that's international and eclectic, like you said, but approachable, something that's healthy. You could eat a couple times a week. Um, we have a pretty varied menu. It's usually 45 to 50 items that we change out uh, pretty frequently, you know, definitely seasonally. But we just wanted to create a really fun, convivial place. And like you said, yeah, there really isn't that much color when you first come in here, you know. It's all the same tone. It's, it's, it's pretty sleek, nice design. We wanted a somewhat of an urban tavern and the color to really be the people that was here that come here and the food so that you could just uh, sit down relax and not think about neon lights and tabletop tents and banners but just about the people you're with and the food you're eating and it's in Belltown it's um, it's got a nice surroundings of uh, apartment dwellers and Amazonians and you know Whatever you know, Cisco's right down the street. I mean, see, so you've got the offices and the residential right around you. Uh, how did you uh, design your menu and uh, the black bottle for, uh, for catering to this clientele? Well, like I said, we wanted people to be able to use it however they wanted to. Whether you wanted to come in here for 30 minutes to just discuss something, a business after work, or three and a half hours with you know 15 of your most intimate friends, so you can have wine cocktails really great um craft cocktails you know um and so we just wanted something for everybody and and especially with the neighborhood like we wanted it some to be somewhere that people could like frequent you know like it could be like a tavern but in an urban setting and it is it's very comfortable in here you got a very uh neighborly feel like you know you're ready to sit at the bar people are open to socializing and you got the brick uh you know walls but you got you know modern and you got large rooms it's 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 a nice feel but most importantly the food now we've got a new menu coming out uh for march it's out You've you've revamped it. Started it last week and added a few new things. We got a a Punjabi butter chicken with uh, papadam, which is really nice. Um, Did you say Punjabi? Punjabi, yeah, Punjabi uh, butter chicken. Wait, what is what is that? It's it's a great dish. It's back uh, a long time ago. These guys used to use the tandoori's in the Punjab region, and they would sell tons of chicken on the streets, and they'd be left with these leftover parts, right? And so they came up with this tomato gravy, they like to call it, right? And it's really it's called butter sauce. It's a butter chicken, and it has a special ingredient. It's a Kashmiri. chili pepper, cashmere uh, moot, I think it is, and it's really bright orange. It's great, and there's a lot of butter in the dish, and some really cool spices like cardamom and mace. But anyway, those guys made that sauce so they could eat all those parts of the tandoori chicken left over and have it feel special years ago, but it's a, one of the most popular Indian dishes in the world right now, really. That's what I mean. I mean, you, you'll, you'll stretch out there, and you'll throw an Indian dish on your menu. Yeah, that's, that's unusual. And that's great for me. I did <laughs> Italian for so many years, you know, and I really wanted to find a way to to make any kind of cuisine I want you know like what's really cool street food as you travel um and so this was a really good vehicle for that being a tavern you know you can really cook what you what what you like and then for the customers they come in and they have something that they had on vacation you know halfway around the world they're like wow it's just as good you know so that's that's one of my favorite things what are, what are some of the other uh, items on your menu that highlight this uh New menu at the Black Bottle. Oh, let's see. Another new item would be a, a, a um, 
smoked duck breast, which is great. Oh, that's yeah. my favorite. It's fantastic. One of the cooks um, across the lake at Postern came up with the recipe, and it's smoked in um, Chinese tea. It's oh. that, like that smoked tea. Yeah, so yeah. really good. Oolong? Oolong tea. That's yep. it. You guessed it. And and so it brines in, in that, and then it goes through a cold smoke, and it, it's it's delicious. So see, it's see, I mean, this takes time. This takes thought. This takes creativity. You're not afraid to, to, to go out there and, and push the limits. Absolutely not. You know, um, the three working partners here, um, Chris and Judy and myself, we put a lot of a lot of attention into developing not only the people that work here, but the but the products that we offer. And try and empower them to also play a part in it so that it can be we can be timely and modern at the same time you know being approachable how about on the uh, app side and uh, green side what do you usually have some interesting vegetables appetizers as well yeah we, we have a new dish um, coming on the menu it's a, a crunchy greek salad and it's, instead of tomatoes it's got watermelon in it and we're coming up with some crispy uh, cardoons on top which i saw in uh, italy years ago and so we, the cardoons are just starting to come up so we're doing those. Those are great. You always have some interesting uh, veggies, yes, which yes, I like. You know, it's, it's always good to get the meat, but you want your, you want your veggies and vitamins. Totally. What's, uh, what's on this one for uh, different greens? Um, well, we got our menu in front of us. Uh, it's, qu- it's quite extensive. Um, so it seems bigger than the last one, is it? Yeah, a little bit. We added, <laughs> we added a couple items, and we only took one or two off. But, you know, you asked about veggies and, and different greens and stuff. Of course, our, we're famous for our broccoli blasted, which is really, really nice. It's been in Bon Appetit, and it's, it's a nice dish. And well, what exactly is broccoli blasted? We just take broccoli, and, and you sear it in a really hot convection oven, you know, toss it in some seasonings and some olive oil, and it, it, it's great, and it's real easy, real approachable, and it's fun way to eat broccoli. I think we've changed uh, some families habits of their children not liking broccoli but for that dish which is really good well people are discovering that you know broccoli doesn't have to be eaten raw and uh, steamed it can be roasted it can be blasted yeah and not covered with cheese it can actually (laughs) still be healthy and and still be good and then we we also at all three of the restaurants utilize a pepper that's a shishito pepper um also padron we call it down the street and they're just blistered in olive oil and tossed in sea salt and they're they're delicious and it's kind of fun to eat because like one out of every 10 is hot most of them are just mild real pepper flavor but it's kind of like uh you know russian roulette with peppers yeah yeah, yeah. and then we, we do have a lot of great veg- vegetable dishes we um one of the most recent more recent uh vegetable dishes on the menu is baby kale and baby spinach and it's got a, a warm dressing on it with pancetta crispy pancetta and goat cheese and hazel hazelnuts and that that's that's been doing really well we put that on uh last fall i believe and i'm um, looking at the uh behind the bar uh, would you is that a fresh uh stock of uh wine you, you seem pretty full there yeah we've got a lot of wines and our <laughs> wine buyer our bar manager um he does a really good job he's got people in and out of here every day and we try and keep it fresh and and, and have a really big variety he's also crafting a lot of his own barrel-aged cocktails that we age here you know, in the basement in in oak barrels and nice well what's uh what's one i should be looking for um the well one of my favorites is the negroni you know and it just aging that negroni in in that oak just gives it a, a little bit more edge and it's just delicious and in fact i think he's coming up with a couple new ones for the next menu change right. to look forward to well you know you got me all excited about this uh, smoked duck and uh, the blasted broccoli uh, Shall we give it a taste? Absolutely. All right, I'm looking forward to this. Brian, uh, going to be mixing up some smoked duck and blasted broccoli for Shoop here at the Black Bottle. All 
right. Thanks, you. Now, that was my interview with Brian Durbin uh, last week uh, at the Black Bottle in Belltown. It's actually smoked tea duck breast, and it's oh, brined, man. and it's very... Have you had it? Well, I haven't had that one, no, but I've had a lot of Brian's food. He's amazing. Well, you got to get that. Okay. I mean, it's I'm gonna right get up it next with time. one of my favorite little meals for like... It's not a lot. You know, it's not like a heaping of right. meat. You know, it's nice with a glass of wine and some vegetables like we had. Uh, yep. The Black Bottle, wonderful. In Bellevue, Belltown as well. Great place to hang. When we come back, I'm going to talk about fresh fish and the daily catch at what I consider the best seafood market in Seattle. It is the Wild Salmon Seafood Market next on Out on the Town. Hey, let me tell you about one of the coolest places to go in Seattle, Pike Brewing Company. Pike Brewing is on First Avenue between Pike and Union, right next to the Pike Market. You go on in there and sit at a comfortable table or belly up to their incredibly friendly bar, dig into awesome food made with fresh local ingredients, and have a perfectly crafted local beer made right there at Pike Brewing Company's Spectacular Brew Pub. Enjoy delicious brews like Pike Naughty Nelly, Pike's Kilt Lifter, Pike 5X Stout, Pike Octopus Inc., and many, many more. You want a delicious cocktail? Enjoy an excellent selection of local and craft spirits. They have a great local wine selection, too. And you have to tour the brewery, the best tour in Seattle, and learn how great craft beer is made in their steam-powered Gravity Flow Brewery. It's in the heart of Seattle, on First, right by the market. Pike Brewing Company, family-owned since 1989. I love this story. The story of the first distillery in Washington since Prohibition. Kent and Don, a couple of fly fishing buddies, get together and decide to make some hooch. The end result is a spirit as pristine and beautiful as the sport of fly fishing itself. I'm talking about dry fly distilling. Every drop of liquor from local raw grains grown on sustainable farms, producing a delicious richness no others can accomplish. This is true craft, no shortcuts. They just do what they do. It was decided the world needed better spirits and Kent and Don met the challenge. I'll put it up against any brand, anywhere, anytime. Dry Fly is the truth in alcohol and the definition of craft spirits. Try Dry Fly Vodka, Dry Fly Gin, and Dry Fly Wheat Whiskey. It's simple. It's really good hooch. Made in Spokane, available everywhere. Dry Fly, making it clean since 2007. Hi, Shoop Shepherd here. You're listening to Out on the Town, so don't touch that dial. We'll be right If you want Zinfandel, think Lodi. If you want great Zin, get Plungerhead from TOG. Plungerhead Zin is a serious wine with a playful name. Dark, garnet in color with stunning old vine character, blackberry, fresh tobacco, and white peppercorn aromas, blackstrap molasses, toasted walnut, and a bit of mocha cappuccino on the palate. Finish with a dark chocolate and toasty oak. Plungerhead Zinfandel is serious and seriously fun. Blended perfectly to enhance the fruit and bring out a deep spice. August Sebastiani is making wines that will continue their family reputation of quality for generations to come. They are building TOG one handshake at a time. Stepping back to the early days when all wine companies were family owned and operated. 
go to TOGWines.com. Find out what the other guys are doing. You can start by picking up a bottle of Plungerhead Zinfandel. TOG, laid back guys, stand out wine. Hey, welcome back to Out in the Town. I'm Shoop Shepherd, along with my good friend Johnny Boisher, here to talk about the Black Bottle again, but this time their menu items. John, why don't you start out with. Some I of the love things. the Black Bottle. Yeah. The Malbec Demi Glazed Painted Hills Farm Oxtail. Brian told me that was one of his favorites. And uh, they have uh, Calamari Fra Diablo with hedgehog mushrooms, spicy coconut lemon ginger ceviche, and taro crisps. That's what I want. I want the ceviche. Mm-hmm. I want to have the ceviche. Well, I'm a seafood guy. I like the uh, look of the Murata oysters on the half shell. Flash, fri- flash fried octopus tenders. Yeah. Mm, with gochujang. Can you say that? Gochujang. I, could, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. And Do you know what that is? Calam- I bet it's delicious. Calamari fra diavolo with hedgehog mushrooms. You know what? I'm going there tonight to have those three items right there. This is one of the coolest places to hang out. And in the summertime, when they've got the the uh, patio out there, and you go there with your dog, and you sit out in the patio, they're so nice, and they always bring your dog some water, and you can sit. It's so much fun. It's a great place to be. The Black Bottle, Belltown and Bellevue. Belltown right on the corner of First and Vine. With that said, it's time now to talk about fish. Our new segment is... A the Daily Catch with Paula Cassidy of the uh, Wild Salmon Seafood Market in uh, what they call Interbay, which is between Magnolia and Queen Anne. And we talked about razor clams and fresh halibut. Mm. It's time for The Daily Catch with the Wild Salmon Seafood Market. I'm here at Wild Salmon Seafood Market. It is Seattle's finest seafood purveyor here at Fisherman's Terminal in Inner Bay, which is between Magnolia, Lower Queen Anne, and uh, Ballard. And joining me for our weekly segment that will be featured now and out on the town called The Daily Catch is Paula Cassidy, co-owner with her husband of Wild Salmon Seafood Market, which is really a great place that I discovered. And I said, we ought to talk fish. So we're going to start talking fish today, and the topic is, first, fresh halibut. You got it, Shoop. We're really excited. You know, spring is in the air, and that always means fresh halibut. Why does spring mean fresh halibut? That is when the fresh season begins, generally sometime in March, and it runs through November. And thereafter, it's frozen. After that, it is frozen, but I don't discourage my customers from taking halibut off their menus in the winter months because the freezing techniques used now are really state-of-the-art. So a frozen halibut is pretty darn good. Not, not, it's not a fresh halibut, but it's, it's really close. So a uh, fresh halibut is, uh, you know, you're going to have to spend a little money these days. Uh, the price of halibut has gone up over the years, I've noticed, as a consumer. Oh my gosh, it has. Halibut used to be one of the lower priced items that we had if I go back to my 20 year tenure here at the fish market. But over the last decade, they have drastically cut the quota of the allowable harvest for the commercial fishermen. They being uh, the Alaska fisheries. Actually, I believe the Pacific Halibut Commission and probably along with the fish management management folks up in Alaska. Okay, the halibut we're talking about here today that just came in Today's halibut is from the Washington coast, so we're very excited to offer a local halibut. I think people often associate halibut with Alaska, 
But we forget about our Washington coast produces some beautiful seafood. See, now, being from Alaska the last 10 years and relocating last year, that surprises me. Yeah, actually halibut is found in the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean. Now, we don't see much Atlantic halibut here at the Northwest, but we do see an awful lot of Washington halibut. Yeah. I didn't realize it was such a healthy fishery. It, it is now. It's actually improved. This, you know, after the last 10 years, they've done nothing but cut the quota. And this year, 2015, is the first season that there not have been no quota cuts, but they've actually increased the harvest by 16% this year. Yeah, and that's why you get it fresh easily. It's right off the waters here. It, yeah, it is, yeah. Now, we do get it from, from fishermen that are here at Fisherman's Terminal, but to be honest with you, since they're fishing up in Alaska or on the coast, we don't offload it from the boat right here at the terminal, but rather fly it in or truck it in from the coast. So it could have been swimming yesterday, end up in our fish case today. Yeah, and so there it is, the thick, beautiful meat white meat ready to be cooked. How do you like to cook your halibut? Oh my gosh, halibut is a great fish because it lends itself to so many different cooking methods. I do love it on the grill. It's also great for baking, pan seared, and if you really want to splurge, you go for halibut and chips. Okay. When you put it on the grill, how long do you keep it on each side? You know, there is a rule of thumb, 10 minutes per inch of thickness, and that's not a bad rule to use, but I tend to go my warning is it's, it's ew, how do I want to put this? Uh, it's very easy to overcook fish. So you can't ever cook it less, but you can always cook it a little more. So it's better to undercook it. And the halibut's going to go from being very translucent in the middle to opaque. As soon as you see that middle of the piece go opaque, then you know that your fish is done, take it off the heat. It's going to continue to cook for another minute or two. But the biggest mistake I think we make is overcooking our fish. Okay, and it's priced at a $24.99 right now. Is that going to stay, stay that way through the weekend? or? Yeah, that's first of the season prices. Yeah, we hope to see it drop. Now, with this increased quota, you would think that the prices would come down, but I think the market's going to have to kind of catch up here since the quota's been dr drastically reduced over the past decade or more. Okay, and coming in tomorrow, Friday, uh, this is, will be airing Saturday, but over the weekend, people will be able to also get uh, Washington razor clams. Yes, fresh razor clam meat. And these, when you see fresh razor clams, buy them. It's a very restricted harvest, very erratic. Customers always want me to tell them exactly when I can expect this product in. I can't. It, there's just too many restrictions on the harvest. So when you see that fresh razor clam meat, go for it. There's nothing more delicious. As soon as I heard your guy in the back there mention razor clams, I was on top of it because you know, you make a linguine clam sauce with razor clams, which are really sweet, you know, compared to other clams. Yes. And got a good meat to them. And tender, and tender, yeah. and that's the real I eat them raw when I used to harvest them, like, up in Alaska off the beach, yeah, and near Homer and the Kiski. Uh, oh, I've done the same. I actually, did you have bloody hands after your, your uh, harvest? Well, yeah, I ended up just taking some other people's. Uh, they, oh. I was very bad at it. But I ate them raw right out of the... Yeah, they're you know, absolutely delicious, and you know. I'm not it, saying people should eat these raw. No, right. But I also chop them up and cook them in a linguine sauce with a white wine sauce. Linguine is great. A chowder is good, and I love to lightly bread them and pan sear yes, them, and yes. just have what I call a, a clam strip, if you will, and they are just melt in your mouth delicious. Really special thing, the razor clam. What will they, those be priced at? You know, I have a feeling they're going to be about sixteen ninety nine a pound. I could be wrong. Again, this is the first we're seeing this season, so it just depends on what the market drives. Excellent. Well, those are our daily catches: halibut and razor clams here at Wild Salmon Seafood Market 
in uh, the inner bay, right at Fisherman's Terminal. And you know, we've got plenty of free parking. We're open seven days a week with a really friendly, knowledgeable staff, and we do have fresh fish daily that we're quite proud of. And, and to get to the Fisherman's Terminal, you get you come down 15th Avenue and take a off-ramp bed. Yeah, there's a little clover leaf. You just hop over that and drop right down into the terminal. If you miss it, you head into Ballard. That is correct. Then you want to turn around on that bridge and come right back. All right, thank you very much, Paula. We'll talk next week for the Th Daily Catch. Thanks, Shoop. It was great. Thank you. That was a wonderful interview with uh, the young lady there. Uh, her husband and her, uh, Paula Cassidy and John, own it. It is a wild salmon seafood market, and they really do have a great selection. And you know what? If you want to go to a nice restaurant, Chinooks is right above there oh. at the fishing terminal in uh, Inter Bay. And they also not only have Pacific uh, wild halibut fresh that came in, but Alaska halibut came in this weekend, too. It should be there for purchase. So I'm ready. check it out. I'm going to go I'll get dinner there. I'll be cooking up some tonight. Yeah, there you go. I have a wonderful steak, and then tomorrow, razor clams. I and thought you were going to sauce. Black Bottle for all the fish there. And then I'm going to eat some halibut. Okay. No, we have a lot of plans. I'm going to eat a lot. Okay. That's the reason I gained 15 pounds since I started doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Then that's what we're going to do. All right. So uh, speaking of uh, food, when we come back, we'll be talking some more food and spirits on Out on the Town. Are you a fan of olive oil? Of course you are. It's good for you and tastes wonderful in everything. But you haven't had real olive oil unless you've had olive oil from the Queen Anne Olive Oil Company. Queen Anne Olive Oil Company offers over 60 premium quality extra virgin olive oils and balsamic from around the world. And they also have specialty oils like Japanese toasted sesame and black and white truffle oil from Italy. So stop by Queen Anne Olive Oil Company located in Upper Queen Anne on Queen Anne Avenue North and taste for yourself real, unadulterated olive oil. That's right. You can go to their store and taste their products and then choose for yourself what you want. You can also order online at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. That's QueenAnneOliveOil.com. The Queen Anne Olive Oil Company. Call them today at 206-420-2989. That's 206-420-2989. Queen Anne Olive Oil Company. Upper Queen Anne on 1629 Queen Anne Avenue North. I love this story. The story of the first distillery in Washington since Prohibition. Kent and Don, a couple of fly fishing buddies, get together and decide to make some hooch. The end result is a spirit as pristine and beautiful as the sport of fly fishing itself. I'm talking about dry fly distilling. Every drop of liquor from local raw grains grown on sustainable farms, producing a delicious richness no others can accomplish. This is true craft, no shortcuts. They just do what they do. It was decided the world needed better spirits and Kent and Don met the challenge. I'll put it up against any brand, anywhere, anytime. Dry Fly is the truth in alcohol and the definition of craft spirits. Try Dry Fly Vodka, Dry Fly Gin, and Dry Fly Wheat Whiskey. It's simple. It's really good hooch. Made in Spokane, available everywhere. Dry Fly, making it clean since 2007.
Hey, this is Johnny Boyshire. You are listening to Out on the Town. We'll be right back. If you want Zinfandel, think Lodi. If you want great Zin, get Plungerhead from TOG. Plungerhead Zin is a serious wine with a playful name. Dark, garnet in color with stunning old vine character, blackberry, fresh tobacco, and white peppercorn aromas, blackstrap molasses, toasted walnut, and a bit of mocha cappuccino on the palate. Finish with a dark chocolate and toasty oak. Plungerhead Zinfandel is serious and seriously fun. Blended perfectly to enhance the fruit and bring out a deep spice. August Sebastiani is making wines that will continue their family reputation of quality for generations to come. They are building TOG one handshake at a time, stepping back to the early days when all wine companies were family-owned and operated. Go to TOGWines.com. Find out what the other guys are doing. You can start by picking up a bottle of Plungerhead Zinfandel. TOG, laid back guys, stand out wine. And we're back. Back, welcome back to Out on the Town. I'm Johnny Boyser. I'm and with Shoop Shepherd. I'm Shoop Shepherd. <laughs> Where did I meet you, Shoop? You met me in a back alley in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I met you at the innkeeper. It was, uh, you know, a faded. <laughs> well, actually, I met you. You, you were like this loudmouth guy selling liquor to them, and I was like, and you had a really funny personality, and you're charismatic. Little did I know, I was completely wrong. And uh, I invited <laughs> you to come on the show to be a co-host, and thus you have uh, done so. And but we owe it all to the innkeeper, which is a great place to meet people. By the way, it is a fantastic place to go, and well, it's actually. It's you know, my, I, I call it my home bar. You know what my favorite thing was uh, when I the, the Brazilian slow roasted chicken thigh bowl. Uh, to die for with roasted garlic, fried plantains, pigeon peas, and rice. All the food there is good. Who's the chef? Who's the chef? Well, Brian's not the... Brian the Durbin. I know, but Brian has a lot of guys that are in the kitchen, you know. Cooking. Yeah, but he's the head chef. He yeah, does the whole thing. He's the executive thing. chef. He's the executive Brian chef. Durbin. Brian Durbin. Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite item on the uh, on the uh, menu other than the chicken that I just mentioned? I don't know. I'm thinking, you know, they had Lengua tacos for a while ago, which I had, but the pulled pork tacos are fantastic. The soups that they do are phenomenal. Read the soup there, the, the soup that comes with the burger. My wife and I go in there all the time, and we split a burger and have a little bit of soup and drink awesome beer or great cocktails made by Johnny. Johnny's awesome. Right, and and a lot of the stuff My, there has a kick. It's got a little bit of a Mexican kick. Yes. You know, with their That's chorizo picante, Cuban pulled pork sandwich. Yes. The uh, chili relleno, queso fresco, pork green chili, cilantro crema. Oh, man, it's fantastic. And, and uh, on and on you go. And uh, Oh, the meatball soup, caldo, alban, de, alb, forget, here. It's all, uh, what? I can't read that one. It's well, too you, hard. But the you, meatball soup is is one of my favorites. Every, yeah. Well, Along I, with the chicken. I can't see it here. I don't know where You know it what? Is. I'm going to eat that, and then I'm going to go to the black bottle and have the uh, calamari in the... Uh, I'm just going to eat my way back home. You're going to blow up like a blimp. I can't wait. I, I just want to pass out from eating too much. Yeah, and when you go to the innkeeper, everybody there is so awesome. You're going to meet Daly, who's really sweet, and Mike behind the bar, Johnny, Bridget. They're all great people. It's a real neighborhood bar, great food. On First Avenue, Belltown. First and Wall. Tell them Shoop and Johnny sent you. There you go. Speaking of Johnny, he's got his good spirits segment. Yes, I do.
now it's time for Good Spirits with Johnny Boyshire. All right, I have a question for you guys. Have you ever heard of palcohol? Do you know what palcohol is? No, say that one more time. Palcohol, P-A-L-A-C-O-H-O-L. Palcohol. I have not. I'm going to rename this. Do you know what palcohol is? I do not, sir. I'm going to rename uh, just today to the, the segment to Johnny's maybe not so good spirits. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> alcohol was just approved by the TTB, and it is, dr- it is powdered alcohol, which was invented by a guy, I guess, who does a lot of outdoor activities, and he wanted to be able to go to his camping site and... Have and not carry bottles of booze with them because they're too heavy, and open up this packet and you pour water into it, seal it back up, and shake it for a minute, and you've got yourself a cocktail. And it's in a bag that turns into like a glass that you can just stand up and you can even garnish it. And they have uh, cosmopolitan alcohol, uh, they call a palcarita. Is there margarita? Mm. And then they just have regular vodka. But this has caused a really incredibly big stir. And if anybody's heard about this, you should call in and talk about it. Um, uh, 888-498-KKNW. So Schumer, Chuck Schumer, is all freaked out about alcohol. And uh, he said, uh, so earlier this week, uh, after the TTB approved it. uh, The TTB? Yeah, the federal TTB. So what they do is they approve the label. I forget. T- tobacco. What is it? Alcohol and Tobacco Al- Tax and Trade t- Bureau. Yeah. So they have to approve it. And uh, Schumer is introducing legislation in Senate to make production, sale, and possession of alcohol illegal. The product is highly concentrated, easily concealed, and can be, what do you think? Snorted. Exactly. It looks like huh, cocaine. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have thought that. But here's what's really funny. They approved it, and apparently the guy- Sounds like a great product right right away. I, <laughs> I like it. The, so on the website, before they redid it, I, I can't believe how funny this is. They had a website up, but they didn't think that anybody would see it. And when the TTB approved it, they approved the label, and all of a sudden, everyone was going to the website. And right at the end of the website, after they talk about how you can sneak it into games and you can go to places where they don't allow alcohol and sneak it in your pocket, it says, in the last paragraph, this is a direct quote, it says, let's talk about the elephant in the room, snorting alcohol. Yes, you can snort it. And yes, you'll get drunk almost instantly because the alcohol will be absorbed so quickly in your nose. Good idea? No. It will mess you up. Use alcohol responsibly. And that was on their website. And it caused all of this, uh, all of these worries about alcohol. I just want to say, although I would never drink this product, are completely false. So they have this website. It's actually easier to sneak in little bo- plastic bottles of booze into a game. But what about snorting it up your nose? Does it make you instantly drunk? No, you know, here's the thing. If, like the powder itself if you put it in a pile, is as big as a shot. I mean, it would take, so, I mean, and it would take forever. I mean, it looks like- I'm sure it just would burn. Yes, and it it looks like- It's alcohol, son. I mean, it's a huge pile. I mean, it would take forever to snort it. What do you get? You'll get one shot, and what you spent all this time, like, (laughs) snort. It's, like, silly. And the other thing is, sneaking it, 
like, and they're also worried that uh, Schumer's all worried that people would use it to spike people's drinks. But it doesn't dissolve that. I mean, it would yeah. take for it takes forever when yeah. you, especially in a drink that has ice in it. So, um, but they have their website up, and this is a real thing, and it's expected to be released in stores this summer. It was just approved by the TTB, like maybe uh, I guess the article came out ten days ago, and all of these uh, politicians, because he was all worried about that stuff. Uh, loco, what, what did he say? For loco, yeah, because Schumer says. After seeing the devastating effects of Four Loco, we must ban dangerous products like alcohol before they hit the store shelves and cost lives. I will tell you though, Four Loco in the back when it was it, no, it was intense. Four Loco was bad. Yeah, there's no question about too it. Too much caffeine, too much alcohol. I mean, the com- it was yeah. malted liquor with uh, an espresso shot. Not not familiar with it. Way more dangerous yes. than alcohol from. After you see the video of the guy, I mean, it's absolutely, it's like watching paint dry when this guy describes how it just doesn't, yeah. like there's no danger. It's e- literally would be easier to smuggle. I mean, let's be honest. There's danger in anything Absol- if you do anything to excess. I, exactly. Right. Exactly. And they're, yeah. all, they're all freaking out. Well, what do you think? well said, Taylor. You're speaking very responsibly. Thank you. But uh, I, I just, I was amazed when I saw that they had figured out how to, so what they do is they- they freeze dry it and then they somehow add yeah. ethanol to it and then hmm. then they have the flavor Genius. in it. It's sure. like and it, then they take the moisture out. The, so right. That it and makes it's the literally powder. this bright white powder <laughs> that just looks brilliant. Brilliant <laughs> idea. You th- <laughs> Come on. You don't want alcohol. No, if you're kidding, on a camping trip, you don't have to grab a bottle or anything now. Just grab a bag of powder and mix yourself a cocktail when you're done with your hike. Look, I can't believe that this stuff would taste good. A little good. gin and tonic at the top of the mountain. <laughs> I, I just can't believe I don't know if it's more for taste the taste. Good. It's more for the convenience. It's so it's just to get hammered. Sure. Yeah. And that's not what Johnny's Good Spirits is about. No. If it doesn't good taste good. So do you think this is going to end up more in the streets with, you know, alcoholics, you know, that are just needs a, a fix? Yeah, is there or a price it... point? Do we know how much? <laughs> is it going to be? I do, see, I don't know. I, I, you know, there's yeah. been no talk of price. Yeah. Uh, this Oops. is the first I've even heard of this. Yeah. This is a breakthrough investigative piece on Good Spirits today. Well, you know. A man ahead of the game. I'm trying to stay ahead of the game. You know what I'm saying? We should get this guy just... on the show to do an interview. Who's behind it? Um, I, you know, I, you can go to the Palcohol website and he's got a video. I, I, he I, being? I don't know his name. I don't know his name. I, you know. Maybe maybe we can get him on the show. We should probably get him on the show. That's a fascinating product. But I be- I totally believe him when he said, "Look, all of these fears are completely bogus." So, anyway, this has been Johnny's Good Spirits, and I just want to say there's nothing good spirited about drinking and driving. So don't be a knucklehead. Don't drink and drive. Or in the case of alcohol, snort and drive. Don't. S- <laughs> Just in in general, don't snort and drive. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's a bad idea. Just drive. Yeah, just drive. Just drive clean. Yeah. But yeah. let's talk about something a little more healthy: olive oil. Everybody loves it. It's good for you. It tastes good, and uh, it's readily accessible, and can be had at the Queen Anne Olive Oil Company in uh, very wonderful batches that they get. Things you can't find at a store, like a olive oil from. Portugal, which is our topic today at the Queen Anne Olive Oil Company. Today's Queen Anne Olive Oil specialty and focus is Portugal olive oil. Gary, tell me a little bit about it. Well, uh, Portugal, we uh, we get uh, usually we only get about one oil from Portugal a year, possibly. Why is that? 
they're not a huge producer and it all comes down to our supplier much of the time uh, they they kind of uh, pick and choose uh, and then we'll pick and choose from what they have to offer uh, so yeah portugal we have a nice coburn cosa and this is usually the one we get it's a nice uh, fruity olive and i know olives are all fruity but this one uh, you know, the fruitiness really comes out. Uh, well, a lot of olives, you get that herbaceousness more than anything, uh, peppery, pungent. This one's, uh, you know, to me, fairly mild, but it's uh, got a real nice flavor. Nice for cooking with, nice for dipping with uh, bread and uh, just a good all-around oil. How would it differ from, say, a Spanish olive oil? I mean, I don't, is, it, is there a, compa- a real strong difference? Well, you can't really say there's a, a big difference. It always comes down to the olive. So, you know, it can be an Arbequina, which is a Spanish uh, olive, Arbosana, Picol. There's quite a few different ones. Uh, we've never really gotten a Coburn Cosa from Spain, uh, so I couldn't really tell you about that. But, uh, uh, they, you know, they do come up with a lot of great uh, oils out of uh, Portugal. So, uh, but they're not quite on the level of Spain. Spain's just so big when it comes to uh, uh, producing olive oil. Well, you were pouring a... Uh bottle uh, when I came in here so uh-huh, yeah. obviously uh, people are drawn to it yeah I like to have people taste you know three to four after that you kind of lose your palate a little bit but we started with this Coburn Cosa and he it kind of flattened him he just really liked it right off the bat it's just a, like I say very flavorful uh, nice oil and your brother's down in California picking up some uh, more olive oil as we speak what can we look for in the next several weeks well, we're going to be getting a little more Californian. Uh, you know, we have this early mission that I really like. It's a great oil, uh, a bit on the peppery side, a bit robust, a bit, uh, you know, pungent. Uh, but I, that's what I tend to like, you know. Uh, you get a high polyphenol when you have these little elements in the oil, uh, which is an antioxidant level. And uh, that's what you kind of want in a good, uh, healthy oil is a high antioxidant level. Excellent. Well, when they come in, we'll talk about the new shipment uh, here at the Queen Anne Olive Oil Company. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Now, is was uh, Larry. I said Gary in the interview. I made a mistake. It's Larry. 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 Over at uh, Queen Anne Olive Oil Company. Larry. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. When we come back in 60 seconds, I have a movie review about the gunman, which is starring Sean Penn, next on Out on the Town. If you want Zinfandel, think Lodi. If you want great Zin, get Plungerhead from TOG. Plungerhead Zin is a serious wine with a playful name. Dark, garnet in color with stunning old vine character, blackberry, fresh tobacco, and white peppercorn aromas, blackstrap molasses, toasted walnut, and a bit of mocha cappuccino on the palate. Finish with a dark chocolate and toasty oak. Plungerhead Zinfandel is serious and seriously fun blended perfectly to enhance the fruit and bring out a deep spice. August Sebastiani is making wines that will continue their family reputation of quality for generations to come. They are building TOG one handshake at a time, stepping back to the early days when all wine companies were family owned and operated. Go to TOGwines.com. Find out what the other guys are doing. You can start by picking up a bottle of Plungerhead Zinfandel. T.O.G. Laid-back guys, standout wine. Welcome back to Out on the Town. I'm Shoop Shepard. I'm Johnny Boyser. And we're here every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. providing restaurant and entertainment reviews, insight Mm -hmm. on how to have fun 
mm-hmm. in the Emerald City, which includes movies. We all love movies, and I do movie reviews. And this movie review is The Gunman, starring Sean Penn. Also, Javier, how do you pronounce his last name? Bardem? Bardem. Bar- Bardem. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah. The man has a wealth of knowledge and pronunciations. Yeah. Anyway, this is a movie about a sniper on a mercenary assassination played by Sean Penn. Uh, he joins a team to kill the Minister of Mines on, in the Congo. And it comes back to haunt him years later when he then is the hunted man while he tries to do humanitarian work in Africa and the Congo. It's uh, based on a book. Uh, it's written by Don McPherson, the screenplay adaptation, but it's uh, based on a book uh, by Jean-Patrick Manchetti or Manchetta, Manchette, Manchetti. Oh, Manchette. I don't know. Go for Manchetti. Manchetti. Sounds right to it's me. It's fun to say. Whenever I see a novel, an adapted screenplay, um, I often say, well, you know, you want to watch the movie first and then read the book because the book's always better. In this case, I'm sure that would be the case because the movie wasn't very good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, uh, Sean Penn was pu- pumped. I mean, pumped from lifting eye. He looked like he's, you know, ready for an action hero movie. I mean, really? this guy was, he's been working out a lot. And he was shirtless in a lot of scenes, making sure everybody knew it. Hmm. And uh, But his character was kind of one-dimensional, and yeah, we get it, and it was kind of a thin plot line, and we knew where it was going before it happened, one of those types of movies. And, I mean, uh, Javier, for, you know, he had like a, you know, a couple minutes on the screen before they blew him away. Sorry. Spoiler alert. And uh, <laughs> But uh, all in all, I just thought the writing was weak, the plot was thin, and I'm sure the book is better. So... My recommendation on this is a half bag of popcorn. Good enough action to keep you entertained for a little bit. But in the end, I felt a little let down by Sean Penn. Again, he's on a bad roll here. You know, before he had uh, the other movie there. Uh, Milk? Well, no, Milk was really good. He, he, he had uh, the one where he plays in, in uh, the Gangster Squad, you know. It oh. It was horrible. That was a, a yeah. walkout movie for yeah. me. I couldn't even watch the whole thing like to see him get back to, you know, playing some real important roles that, you know, match his acting ability. But he's uh, on a roll to direct a few films in the next few years, so he might be concentrating there instead. You know what I'm going to say? I listen to your reviews. You give it a bad review. I don't see it. You give it a good review. I go see it. Yeah. Your reviews are spot on usually. Yeah. And for, I said Cinderella last week. I recommended, But then yep. I'm talking to Taylor off yeah. here, and he hated Cinderella. Hated so it. there's one where, you know, I'm not sure... But- who are you going to believe? You recommended this one? Kingsman, <laughs> and I saw did you Kingsman. See it? I did. Oh. And you know what? The best part you were talking about the church scene. Yeah, is the music. Yeah, it's Freebird. Yeah, I know. Oh my God, it was fantastic. And the solo is like what, during the most gruesome yes. streak of just. So yeah, I saw it at the so. Black Bottle. Oh really? No, Not Black Bottle. The, the, the I mean picture. the big picture. Oh, I was going to say, you, you whoa, should, they got they got movies. No, there I now? saw it at the big picture. You said you had a problem there. Yeah, the service was, you know, I because you order a drink for halfway through the film. Yeah. And I never got my drink. Uh-huh. And then when I went up, I was like, hey, I never got my drink. And they said, well, you never gave us your seat number. And I said, yes, I did. And they handed me the check and they expected me to pay for it. No, nope, I found the service lacking at the uh, big picture. Down I was in very upset. Nice little theater. They have all new chairs now, too. Yeah, but and, I, and they, it, you know, it's kind of cool. But. Yeah. It was also the place where the last time I was there, the uh, gal sitting in front of me, I was eating popcorn, you know, and the seats are pretty spread out. And right. she looked back and said, you know what, sir, could you stop eating your popcorn? It's very loud. Oh, my goodness. And that's the last time I was there. Well, there you have it. I'll stick to Cinerama, the best movie theater in the world. Can't wait to go there to mm-hmm. see the new stuff. Oh, yeah. So. And that does it for this out on the town. We got a lot to do this weekend. What are you having plan- uh, planned? 
I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do this week. I'm completely, I, I don't know. My goal is to get to the uh, NCAA tournament tomorrow at the Key Arena. There it you go. It is Gonzaga yeah. and Iowa at 4 p.m. Yep. The championship for the region. There yes. we go. Will be my first NCAA tournament game if I can get a ticket. There you go. You'll I'm Shoop Shepard. I'm Johnny Boyser. And this was Out on the Town. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Good night.